Welcome to 24 Karat Conversations with Phyllis and Rhonda, where two best friends decided to start a podcast on real women, real friendships, and real issues. Our mission Bible verse is Job 23.10. Yet he knows the way I have taken, and when he has tested me, I will emerge as pure gold. We want to encourage, inspire, and offer hope in a world where life can seem to be unrealistic. Be a support for you to cheer you on as a wife, mother, daughter, sister, and friend. Most of all, you get to relax and laugh with us about all things women. Plus, we like all things sparkly. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Hello, 24 Karat Tribe. We are so excited today. Hey, peeps. We have a special guest on today. I have a special fondness for Aww. her, Karen Hagan. She was my youth pastor's wife, and she had such an incredible impact on my life, and I was thrilled when she agreed to record with us. So thank you, Karen. <laughs> uh, my pleasure to be here. Oh, welcome, welcome. So we just... I almost feel like a voyeur listening in. I'm like, oh, oh uh, what are we going to talk about? Because you guys have history. <laughs> we do have history. I know. We, we did lots of choir tours together and lots of fun stuff together. And yep. so I just feel so honored and blessed to have you on. So I wanted you to kind of start off first by telling us about your youth pastor phase, and just a little bit about your story and your journey to where you guys are today, which is your husband is the president of a university. And so I just take yes. it away. Yes. Okay. Well, um, I'll start a little bit before that. Um, my story begins with, you know, I grew up in a Christian home and, um, in California, in Sacramento and lived a very, very, um, I call it a square box life because <laughs> everything was very stable. Every, I, I, my parents were not in the ministry or pastors. They were lay people in the church. Um, and we just lived a very consistent life. So it was a really healthy growing up. Um, my, you know, mom was the church secretary. My dad worked for the telephone company. And you could always know, like, on a Monday where we would be because we were there at the same time same place every Monday or Tuesday or Wednesday was church, Thursday was choir practice, just a very consistent life. And then um, my husband grew up in a very chaotic world, and um, he, he moved 27 times by the time he was age 16. I mean, oh just, my just lots of chaos. And so uh, we came from two very different worlds, and we, we got married, and uh, he was at, at a, uh, in Bible college at the time. And so you have these two, uh, you know, <laughs> dichotomy of backgrounds yeah. coming together. And within four months of being married, we were in, in we were youth pastors. And so <laughs> he was, we were 20 and 21, I believe, when we started. So young. Yeah. And where, I think about where, you know, I grew up in a very strong Christian home, but I didn't grow up in a home that was in ministry or leadership. Yeah. And so we're thrust into, you know, and he, he did not either, but God thrust us into this, oh. into this environment, um, which was at a very healthy church. You know, we were at Bethel church and it was a very healthy, wonderful pastor, wonderful leader, wonderful, uh, you know, just a, a, a person who would ra who rose, raise up leaders. And so we were very blessed to be youth pastors for seven years. And I think that was really where it was boots on the ground training, like yeah. we were drop kicked into this world of something that's so different. Uh, you know, I have a very strong ministry family, so I was around ministry, but that ministry right inside yeah. the home was not there. And so 
it was it was a great learning experience. We were there for seven years. Uh, if I'm just giving you the overview of my story, then we uh, decided that God had us uh, plant a church in Sacramento, and so we were uh, we planted a church in 1990, and uh, that was Harvest Church, and we were there for 12 years. And then God called us to, uh, we planted a lot of churches out of that church, but then God, God called us to Michigan, of all places. <laughs> and in Michigan, we, we went to a 75-year-old church, like a, a, an oh, existing oh my. Assemblies of God <laughs> church that was just like a machine, running a machine, you know. And, and we f- literally felt like we were like, you know, out of a plane, a parachute dropped <laughs> in the middle of that place in the middle of the night and we ran for cover like we had no idea what was uh getting what was getting ready to happen in our lives at that point yeah. you know of transition uh we had had 12 wonderful years at harvest church just had the best of the best of just people and then going to michigan which was very very uh, how should we say it was challenging in a good way but it was very hard and so, because we were going into an existing environment, we did not understand the, uh, you know, what the the deal was in the people and how yeah. they lived their lives and their culture. Right. So it was a really strong learning curve. And, and then we, Karen, did they like we got our PhDs? Karen, right? did they did they um, like kind of reject you because you were from California? That was one of the reasons. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I just, yeah, it was, like I said, it was a challenging yeah. experience. Uh, so good now that I'm out of it, but in the midst of it, uh, there was a lot of resistance. Yeah. Uh, we, we, uh, one of the anointings on our life was the church that looks like heaven. So really a multicultural uh, oh, ministry yeah. where every uh, tribe and tongue, like it says in the book of Revelation, uh, worships around the throne room of God in heaven. So my husband asked the question, why does not the church on earth look like the church in heaven? And so our whole premise for ministry was to have a church that looked like heaven. Mm-hmm. And we did that. And then we had that at, at Harvest Church. Then we went to Michigan, and it was a predominantly white environment, right. a very, very racist community. Um, mm-hmm. And so it was it was a, something that we had not we did not realize when we went into it because like, we probably wouldn't have gone into yeah. it had we known. That was like culture shock. It was, it was a culture shock mm-hmm. and, um, it, but it was so good. That's why we felt like we got our PhDs and <laughs> human understanding of how the psyche works and how, mm. you know, people, people think and all that. So it was, a, it was a challenging time, but it was a very, very uh, prosperous time for growth, you know, mm. and, uh, we were there for five and a half years. And then we, uh, just felt really felt the leading of the Holy spirit to go back into church planting. My husband, uh, was the church planting director for the, for our district here in Northern California, Nevada. And, uh, we planted another church called real life church. And that was just pure joy getting back into church planting. We love to, we love to plant, and we got to see things grow like that. And so we were there for uh, about 11 years. And then God, again, just <laughs> says, I need you to do something completely different. And You're like, uh, hold on, that didn't work last time. <laughs> I know, right? I know. It's like, okay, I'm, I'm nervous. You know, I think I'm, I'm like nervous. better than the Midwest, you know. But um, he called us to into the university 
And oh my word, uh, he's the president of North Central University in Minneapolis, Minnesota. And uh, we have just uh, fallen in love with, with the students at, at the university mm-hmm. and the whole community of people that are connected with the university. My daughter went there when we were in Michigan, so that's where we kind of first heard about North Central. Wow. And uh, it's, a, it's a beautiful place, beautiful place. And we now our congregation is, you know, uh, 1,320 somethings, uh, late teens, <laughs> and they have a passion for Jesus. Uh, and, and they have a passion for the purpose in their lives, and we just get to pastor them and help them and see their, see their um, education, you know, be successful. And it's, it's a beautiful thing. It's, it's really a, a blessing to be able to lead the university at this time in the world. Yeah, and I will say that I love watching your Facebook lives because every once in a while, Karen will go on there and she'll record. Well, when before we were in COVID, um, she would record their worship yeah. services uh, at the university. Yeah. yeah, yes. And to be honest, it was like none other I've ever seen at a university because, you know, my daughter goes to was going to uh, you know university as well, and there I've been in their chapels and they didn't look the same. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I want to go here. <laughs> Because it was just so that was awesome. One of the, that was one of the main things that drew us to that particular place was because of the the, uni, the worship of uh, chapel five days a week, which most uh, most universities don't have that anymore. And um, the kids are just in a in an environment where they are crying out to God yeah. and learning how to worship uh, with all of their heart, mind, soul, and strength. And learning the word and how do you apply it to your life? How do you mm-hmm. apply it in as a business major or as a teaching major, or education, whatever it is. Uh, it's just really a, a, a beautiful environment for kids who are coming out of high school, you know, where that four to five years after high school can make or break you. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, yeah. our whole desire is that they don't have to spend the next years when they graduate you know, recovering from the four years that they were in, yeah. in college, you know, and uh, with a greater love for God and a greater ability to influence and impact and be uh, a help in their communities wherever they go, you know, mm, so that's good. it's pretty, pretty awesome. Yeah, no, I think that's so important too, because I think a lot of times, you know, kids go to college and that's, they do, they lose themselves in that time. You know, they have yeah. the freedom, they're not, you know, under their parents' roof anymore. And so they really can tend to get lost. Um, and you know, come on, we, we know Karen, we both grew up in church and, you know, we know that Christian kids get, you know, into things that they didn't expect and they come out (laughs) of college. They're just like anyone else. They are just like anyone else. (laughs) Although the expectation isn't usually like that, right? Like the, you know, Christian parents have a lot of expectations on their children that are unrealistic. And so, um, you know, they go to college, they think I'm going to send you to a Christian university and then they're in all kinds of trouble, you know, (laughs) before they know it. So, so tell us a little bit about some of the issues that, that you're seeing in, um, young college women today. I mean, what are, I mean, we talked a little bit about you, that you're a big mentor to them. And so like, tell us some of the things that Mm -hmm. you're seeing. Yeah, um, and it's interesting because I think when I we, we uh, knew we were going to be going there, I really asked the Lord God, "What is my purpose in this?" Because we were, you know, co-pastoring a church, and now we're going. In, in the reality of it, this is my husband's job. So it's, <laughs> it's a Christian job, but it's not. It's not ministry per se. It's a right. job. You know, we're leading an organization, 
and I, I asked the Lord, what my, what is my role going to be in this? What do you have for me to do? And it was really the two things the Holy Spirit shared with me was, I need you to be present and I need you to love on the kids. And I was like, oh, wow, okay, I can do that. Yeah, I know how to that. be present and I know how to love on the kids. And in that and through that, it, it kind of has all just laid itself out in what he, he wants me to do in that place. And, and obviously the biggest uh, piece, which I've always been a mentor, but this is like, it's just like I'm, I'm facing a whole, you know, uh, big box of chocolates. I mean, because these women and these young women are so hungry for uh, women who are willing to sit down and listen. Mm-hmm. and not be afraid of the issues that they're dealing with because they're dealing with, um, you know, it, in, the, in the breakdown of the family and the difficulty of life now, which nothing, you know, it's even changed since, yeah. you know, the last couple months. But there's so much diversity in backgrounds of these women. They, they deal with emotional issues. They have, re, you know, rejection. There's instability. There's uh, they're seeking God, but they really don't know what they're seeking God for. They have this incredible passion in their life, and they want to um, to see it things great things happen. But they don't know how to put that into their purpose and how to direct it, you know, uh, in a healthy way. And so, just helping them to be able to verbally process what it is that that's in their mind, and so that. Getting, getting it out through their lips, you know, so that they can really see what is it that's inside of me that I am not uh, clear about. Yeah. And so that's really been, as I've met with girls one-on-one, I've taught class uh, on women in ministry there and um, met with groups of girls in Bible study. I really um, try to keep it in more of an open space where they can ask questions and they can uh, just uh, what are the things that you guys are dealing with? What's on your heart and what are you seeing? How do you see uh, your world right now? And let's talk about that. And so it's really a lifestyle type of, of mentoring where, you, you know, they just, what are, what is it that you are dealing with right now? And a lot of times it's, it's that, just that kind of emotional difficulty that they're trying to figure things out. There, There's a lot of depression out there. There's a lot yeah. of... Um, just women, girls who have been abused, you know, it takes, it takes, um, you, you have to really be connected to the Holy Spirit to be able to, because it can, it can just overwhelm you because we don't have, you know, I don't have the answers for all of these girls, but I can pray for them and I can point them to Jesus. And, um, you know, that's the whole point of this Christian walk anyway, it's to take this life that we're dealing with that we're facing, the the difficulties and the challenges, and how do I apply the Word, and how do I apply the presence of God, and the ability of God, and the nature of God, how do I apply that to this particular situation that I'm dealing with right now? That's where they falter. They don't know how to apply and put Mm -hmm. together those two things so that they can have the, the, the wisdom of God in their situation, the wisdom of God in their job, the wisdom of God in their you know, uh, school or, um, when they're dealing with people or their friends. So that's really kind of my main purpose, uh, in this particular role is to be available and be present and know that there's somebody there that's safe that they can talk to and they can say things to 
that may sound controversial or may sound um, bad or, or difficult, and I'm uh, you know willing to sit down and hear them out and let's find some some clarity with this. You know, so it's just finding a safe yeah. place. It's like giving them hope where they haven't had that before. They probably a lot of them probably mm-hmm. have grown up with parents that haven't let them dream or like have confidence in them to really have a better life. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you think about just the three of us sitting here, we have such different backgrounds and those are the students that are coming to this place, difficult backgrounds, uh, you know, healthy church backgrounds, but maybe, you know, I know for my family, we had a hard time talking about things. So I just Mm -hmm. didn't have a place where I could, I could just say this and help me understand what this is, you know? Yeah. And so it's really just that, you know, having that, that space, having that safe space that they can, they can talk and they can um, get those feelings out. And I think, you know, you, you guys, I mean, because you guys have been such influential, both you and Scott have been so influential in my life, you know, especially in those junior, those hard years, the junior high, high school years that are so tough. I think Mm -hmm. the one thing that I admire so much about you and watching, watching you along the years, you know, on Facebook and all of that kind of thing is just the fact that you're, you, you're okay with the honesty and the brokenness of people. And I think that's just so Mm -hmm. important because I feel like sometimes People go to church and they're like, well, if I share this, then that means that I'm labeled that like, like God can't take their brokenness and redeem it. And we know that's not true. Right. But I think that's what a lot of people who aren't churched see as the way the church reacts to brokenness. And I think a lot of people that are church feel that way. No, totally. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah, yeah, I mean, I can speak for, you know, us even growing up in church. Yeah. You know, it's like, it is, it was hard to have conversations during that time where you felt like I could be open and I have a question. And as a parent, I know that, you know, Phyllis and I have talked about this a million times about how I want my girls to be honest and open with me, even if it means me not agreeing with them or, or even if they, yeah, or they fail or they fail or, or yeah. they, you Which know, they trip will. up. Yes. <laughs> So, I mean, I yeah, just think, will. I just think teaching, I mean, what you're doing is amazing because yeah. I feel like, especially in the Christian community, you know, that you go to a university and you expect everybody to be whatever a Christian is supposed to look like. That always confuses me because I'm like, how exactly are we well, supposed to right. look? <laughs> a Christian, there, there is not a look for a Christian and we are all in process mm-hmm. and we all are going to go through ups and downs. Mm-hmm. We are going to question things. It's how God created us. You right. know, that's the the very essence of our nature is, to, is to, to see something, try to understand it. How do I grow from it? What I need to know about that and all of these things that, that our kids are being, uh, that's being laid in front of them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I know for my own self, the, the, the uh, uh, generation prior to my generation, they weren't big on mentoring. And I, mean, yeah. I didn't have a mentor. I had a wonderful godly mother that I watched. But, you know, moms are one thing and then there's, people that you can talk to better because they're not so close to you. I didn't have that outside of my, outside of my uh, mom. And I, so I praise God for my mom and the example that she was, but really being able to have a place to speak to and to um, get that weird thought that I have in my head. And I don't know where that came from. Is that my thought or is that, is that something, you know, what do I do with that thought? Does that mean I'm this now, if I think this way? And I mean, they are just, there's a lot of confusion because the, the enemy is out to try to confuse. He wants to mm-hmm, steal yeah. and kill and destroy. 
you know, everything that the Lord is trying to set up and, and um, establish in our lives in that process. Yeah. And that's what we're all in. I'm 57. I'm still in a process, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, of becoming more like Christ. That never ends. And so we have to be able to have that place to talk and to uh, get those thoughts out and find clarity. Find yeah. Truth. And I think that, you know, the leadership role is so important. And I do feel the same way. We, we are very much about mentorship. I mean, I know I've always believed, you know, you have a mentor. I, I have two really great business mentors. And then my, you know, I have a spiritual mentor, you know, because I feel like I have to constantly be challenging myself to be a better version of myself every yeah. day, right? Because if I'm not questioning who I am and I've become at this great place, then there's nowhere for me to go. And then I guess I got to go to heaven because there's no, there's no further you yeah, can go. Exactly. <laughs> and there's always those moments when correction is needed and somebody needs to be able to say it's safe, that's trusted to say, okay, you have a blind spot here and you need to see that you have a blind spot and you need to move over here and and go in this direction because that's going to take you in the wrong direction. We have to have people that know us enough Mm -hmm. and that love us enough to be able to speak those things and be, um, there's a difference between a a harsh word and then a word that's spoken in love, Mm -hmm. but is corrective, you know, because you know, the person that loves you and is you trust is only going to help only desire is to help you better yourself or get you know get you to a better place and so it's it's so vital that we have people in our lives that we can look to it and it's never just one person you know god yeah. uses a variety of people in our lives uh, to mentor us and to grow i've learned things from people that i've watched online or um, ministries that i've followed you know having friends that are just uh, they just keep it real, and they have challenged me on things that I that, that I thought that has helped me to find better clarity. And then, you know, I've got um, elderly people that um, have just, I respect their background, I respect their prayer life, and so I've watched mm-hmm. them involved. So there's so many ways that we can, you know, get mentored and, and get trained and taught. It's not ever just going to be one person in our life, you yeah. know. So we have to understand that it comes from several different places uh, that makes us a whole person. I really believe that, you yeah. know. That's true. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think it's you know, just to always be growing and challenging yourself is so incredibly yeah. important. And I mean, watching these girls step into their purpose, I'm sure that's, that is so incredibly um, oh. inspiring for you. I mean, you know, you watch them it go. Is. It, it gives me hope. It gives me hope, you know, that this next generation. And I love this next generation because they are, they are so excited you know, about life, and they um, they don't have the hang-ups even that I have or that, you know, my parents had. They they just want real. They want to see things clearly. They don't want um, fluff. They want to see things very raw and very honest, and it's very refreshing to be able to uh, be in relationship <clears throat> with that, that kind of a perspective where people are just, they're not afraid to lay things out. You know where people stand, mm-hmm. and yeah. um, they're willing to talk about it, and they're willing to to, you know, be challenged on it and learn from it and be, uh, you know, uh, someone to be excited about where they are, to be encouraging. And, and so it's pretty cool. I really, well, really, I think the bigger thing for the opportunity, I think the bigger thing too, that I'm hearing is that you're a good listener 
for these girls to be able to be honest and feel safe because if they don't feel that they can share those deep dark thoughts like you were Mm -hmm. saying like Mm -hmm. if they're confused or you know there's so many different things going on in the world where everything is just kind of becoming this milk toast whitewashed like everything is fine just Mm -hmm. accept everything and you know they may have these thoughts in their head of questioning Mm -hmm. that but then they don't know who to go to that they can feel safe and so I think you being a safe place and someone that they can really that you can sit and just be with them and listen to them and be gentle with them because I would say more than half the time some of these girls are being judged um, or they're being taught that they can't think a certain way and so then who do they go to and so that's you're you're their light spot you know and you're the truth teller so it's super important to have that person that they feel safe with that they can say anything and you're not going to be judgmental in that way but you're going to be able to guide them yeah. 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 I think that's, I think that that's just, I, I'm so excited because how long have you guys been at, um, North central now? Uh, this is our third year. Okay. So you've almost seen a whole class go through a whole four year class go through. Yeah. Yeah. Next year we'll see the, the freshmen that we came in with. Well, we feel like we're, you know, we're juniors right now. We feel like we're growing with them. That's awesome. So we understand the the four years of what it's like. Yeah. (laughs) But I bet that's going to be so rewarding, especially some of the girls that came in, you know, that you've been mentoring over the last four years. I'm sure you've seen such incredible growth, Mm -hmm. you know, between freshman year and even now, you know, I'm sure you've seen some growth. Oh, yeah. And then just to see them, like some of the girls that I've, uh, because I was dealing a lot with the juniors and seniors the first couple of years and they're graduating and seeing them be successful uh, and be, uh, you know, balanced and being able to be consistent in their lives and, be st- and you know, start building. Because that's what life is, is building layer upon layer um, and making wise decisions. And so it's just really, really a um, wonderful experience to see them succeed. Because that's my whole, what's my role in life? What's your role? It's to help others succeed. It's not about us. It's always mm. about others. I and love so that. How can I help you succeed in your life? How can I help this next generation take the baton and run with it, you know, in a godly way so that the kingdom of God can still be continually be planted uh, into the next generation and into our future is so important and so yeah. vital. And I think see that, especially as older women. Yeah. And I think sometimes, you know, people get, and I see this a lot of times in, you know, business leadership where, you know, they get so pent up on being the top dog, you know, instead of trying Mm -hmm. to mentor those younger people beneath them because they're so scared of losing something and, you know, they, they're scared of that scarcity mindset and they have a hard time getting over it. And I just, I kind of, I can't wrap my head around it because to me, I want to help the next generation. Right. And that should be our goal. I know like, you know, with Phyllis and, and her, you know, helping young women through the unmothered movement, you know, that's like her goal, you know, what she's learned, she's trying to teach. And so I think a lot of times 
as leaders in different areas, whether it's in business or just personally, we get a little bit caught up on ourselves. Like, well, I don't want to share that because I don't want them to know that because, you know, and I, I love the, and I think that's why I love you and Scott so much too, because just looking at your leadership and what a great example it has been for me and just, that's so inspiring. I strive to be great leader like you guys. (laughs) Well, amen. That's what we need because I consider you the next generation. So. <laughs> well, you know, I was just telling Phil, I'm getting kind of old. <laughs> it's funny to hear in the junior hires that we're in our youth group now are adults and they have kids that are in junior high and high school and that's crazy. I, I know, right? I know. I, I'm starting to feel a little old too. So, <laughs> so Karen, yeah, yeah. last question for you. What would you tell your 22-year-old self? Wow. Um, I would tell myself, and I, I've actually preached on this before, um, of what would I tell my 22-year-old, I said my 21-year-old self. But I, I think there's several things that I would do differently in my own life just to further my growth. And one is that I would um, understand uh, and really go after um, discovering who God was. You know, I believe that I grew up in church, and so I really learned how to do church really well. I I think we do as Christians, as as church girls, we learn how to do church. And so I learned what not to do and what to do. Um, And I had a lot of godly examples, but at the same time, I came out, um, you know, even as a youth pastor's wife, I was very insecure, and I really did not understand, like what I said before, of of taking life and how it comes at you and... um, and how I think and the perception, the vision that I have of myself, um, and how do I mesh that with what Jesus Christ did on the cross and what he has uh, shown me and who I am in Christ. I think I would have focused maybe a little bit more on that sooner Mm. uh, because I felt like I had to learn a lot of things about the character of God, about the understanding of Christ in me, and what does that mean, and how does that play out in my life? I would have began, I think, a more intense study about that a lot earlier because I, I really believe that's where my confidence has come from. That's where my security has uh, come from. And uh, just really understanding about this aspect of the fruit of the Spirit and the tools and the, the giftings that God has given to us that are already inside of us mm-hmm. and um and I think growing up and learning church, I, I always thought I was praying, like in this sense, I was praying for something, mm. not from a place of that. Like, I know I would pray, God, give me peace. Well, he already gave us peace. He gave us the fruit of peace. Mm. That's part of his character. And so I would, I would see my life through almost like I was outside the bubble trying to get in. And I was actually inside the bubble, you know, because yeah. it being in Christ means you already have all of that accessible to you. And I know for a fact that how I see things will determine how I say things. So I would, um, you know, I, I, I struggled with negativity and struggled with things that I don't think I would have if I would have started a lot younger and had that understanding that uh, of what it means to be in Christ and, and who I truly was in Christ. So that's mm-hmm. one thing I would tell myself. Start earlier on that, you know, to really discover who who. God is inside of you, and what does he want to be for you at this particular moment of your life? Um, another thing is I think I would uh, really work on that perfectionism that I had. I think so much of my 
And Same. you just had to do so much with this image that we try to put forward mm. based, you know, not on, not, not on a healthy place, but just trying to look good. But inside, you're feeling a lot of lack. And so I think I would really try to, to put, you know, um, put some training of my own heart into that um, and not resist God so much. I think mm. I resisted him uh, a lot because of... I had a lot of fear in my life, and so I, as a result, I would resist the movement that he was trying to do in my life. So he was trying to move me into a place of leadership, and I was so afraid to lead. I was so afraid to use my voice that I would resist him. And so we had some pretty good, you know, wrestling matches, like I call it, <laughs> in the in prayer, really just because I didn't want to do what he was telling me to do because I was so afraid. Mm. And so I think there was that those would be the things that I would if I could go back, I would, I would really be working on those areas of my life because it's that, it's that place mm-hmm. that has spurned so much growth in my life as I, you know, really began to delve in and understand that I am in Christ and I understand now what it means to be in Christ and what is accessible to me because of the nature of God and the characteristics of God and the purposes of God that are already inside of me waiting mm-hmm. to come out if I will surrender Mm. You know, those places of control and allow him to work through me and trust his voice mm-hmm. in my in my life and in my heart that he's not going to do anything that's going to hurt me. But he is for my good and he desires, even if it's correction, he desires um, more for me than I am even understanding myself. Well, so, mic drop. <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. You just did church right yeah, there. Just, I'm like, I'm, uh, yeah, I'm just, wow. I mean, that was, yeah, that was amazing. I mean, I learned something right there. So <laughs> yeah, I, I just love it. when you, have an altar call. Yeah, right? yeah, right? I'll take an offering. <laughs> we'll take a virtual offering. Um, that is so awesome. I love the fact that you said that we already have it because, you know, I think even when you said that, I was like, you're right. Like you pray for peace, but he's already given it to us. And so it's so weird that you said that because I'm trying to look for my notes right here. So I, God has been downloading this thing about the Holy spirit being within you. Like the power Mm -hmm. is already Mm -hmm. in you and we don't realize the power we have within God that, that like moves us. Right. right? And so when you started saying that, I was like, that's what he's been telling me. (laughs) And so it's been on my, yeah, it's been on my mind to like someday that'll be, I have a second book already in the making, but I'm like, maybe that's the third book is that people don't Mm -hmm. realize that Holy spirit within you living Mm -hmm. in you means that you are walking with Jesus every single day. Yeah. And people don't yeah, realize exactly. like though that is where you find your strength. That is where mm-hmm. you find your power. That is mm-hmm. where you find the right answers, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. and we sometimes okay. go off on these little right. tangents of, I don't know. I don't know. And it's like, no, he's in he's, you. He's like, got he it. Yeah. But we don't me. ask the right, right questions. Right. So yeah. uh, that that's was really we good. Don't time. We don't leave time for the Holy Spirit to Oh, yeah, to be home. quiet. Yeah. Preach, Karen, preach. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And we don't we don't allow the Holy Spirit to just and, and that's I think even now in this COVID time where we are just like stuck at home, I have been spending so much time just in quietness and letting the Holy mm. Spirit speak to me yeah. because I'm even now learning to understand and learning to recognize when his when he's speaking and doing what he said. He he's He's had me go on some 
adventures just um, during this time of, of, uh, of being in, in our homes and being stay at home, whatever called. I'm so tired of hearing it, but um, <laughs> he's had me on an adventure of prayer, um, prayer circling our Capitol building in Sacramento mm. and praying uh, against the things that are going on, all yeah. of this um, craziness that's going on. And I would have not done that because I would have not spent time to hear the voice of the Lord because it happened. The call happened from two to four in the morning, which, you know, I'm usually, if I wake up in the middle of the night, I'm like, okay, I just need to, okay, just say sleep, just rest, just <laughs> yeah. sleep, fall back to sleep. But I chose to say, okay, you know what, I'm going to get up. If I'm awake, maybe God uh, wants to speak to me. And yeah. two hours later, I had a plan and I knew exactly what I was supposed to do because I chose to give God some space yes. to speak yeah. and to hear. And, yeah. um, you know, that's, that's what our life should be in the, mm-hmm. in the Lord is that op- the opportunity, giving God the opportunity, that's how we grow in the Lord. That's how we discover who we are. That's how we mm-hmm. learn to trust Him is by giving Him space so that we recognize, you know, what He's saying when He's saying it. We know the voice of God versus what we say to ourselves. Mm-hmm. And um, it's so much easier to trust Him and to do what He's called us to do if we are, um, we have this foundation that we know when he's speaking, you know, and so this is, this is a great opportunity to be spending more time with the Lord so that you are able to uh, hear his voice and he's trying to speak. He's always speaking, but we're just not listening. (laughs) Wow. Karen, well, thank you like so much for all your knowledge. We're we're going to have you on again. You're not going to be able to say no. I would love to. We like love you so much and we're so excited to, I'm so excited to share this with everybody. I think, you know, you, you gave us so many nuggets of great knowledge today. So thank you so much for being on the show and 24 Carat Tribe, we love you. Please go like, subscribe, share, and don't forget to follow us on 24 Carat Conversations podcast. And until next time, 24 Carat Tribe, sparkle on. Bye. Bye guys. Bye.